You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? <laughs> He's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. Welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies. And more. And more. Hey, if you like us, follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Fun Time Movies and the number one. Like us, share us, subscribe to us on all platforms, including Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, uh, Pandora, and the Ilk. And let's get to the show. So there's a tradition in most homes mm-hmm. to watch as many Christmas movies as possible in the month of December. Uh-huh. We're not that household. We can be, though. But we're not. I watch a lot of uh, Christmas movies when you're not home. And I'm never home anymore. Yeah. I like to watch one or two, but they're usually the same freaking story. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like over the same freaking story. <laughs> this one, though, is a little bit more unique because it's newer. It's not as new as I thought it was, though. Yeah, but it's newer. It is newer. And it is, it was a classic right from the get-go as well. Yeah. It didn't take that nosedive and then people just found it years later. Right. And uh, we're talking about Elf. Mm-hmm. From 2003, rated PG, one hour, 37 minutes, and an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. This is uh, John Favreau's second movie he ever directed. Right. Um, he was in a movie called Swingers mm-hmm. with Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And then he was also in a movie called Made with Vince Vaughn. And, it, and P. Diddy. Wasn't he also like an extra in Uncle Buck? Yeah. He was an extra in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Uncle Buck and uh, any John Hughes movie he could get his uh, greedy little face on. <laughs> So, yeah, he started out as an extra. Right. Worked his way into acting. And uh, now he's a powerhouse. And now he uh, owns Star Wars. Not <laughs> not owns, but he he basically has. Uh, he is he's revived Star Wars. Yeah. His work on the Mandalorian is really good. Yeah. Um, he invented the superhero movie formula. Because before that, it was always either it's set in the real world and everybody's scared of them, mm-hmm. or it's so cartoony, it's stupid. Right. Yeah, um, his work with uh, the first Iron Man yeah. really changed the, the life of Marvel. Yeah. And if you don't know who Jon Favreau is, uh, he was, uh, who is it, Monica's boyfriend? Uh-huh. On Friends, who became an MMA fighter. He did a sh- movie called Chef. Mm-hmm. With Scarlett Johansson. That was good. He directed Iron Man, but he also played Happy Hogan in that, mm-hmm. uh, Iron Man's assistant. Yeah, one of my favorite things he used to do was uh, 
Table of five. Yeah, dinner for five. Dinner for five. Yeah, I yeah, wish they'd IFC, bring that back. IFC did this show called Dinner for Five. It was John Favreau just sitting around and BSing with us friends. Yeah, and they were all usually celebrities, and most of them are in the movie Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Another weird thing is, is that John Favreau usually has a producer uh, named Peter Billingsley. Yes. And he met Peter Billingsley through Vince Vaughn, and they hit it off, and they've been collaborating together for a long time. And we all know Peter Billingsley. He's in Spider-Man Homecoming. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Or Far he? From Home, I mean. Yeah, Far From Home. Uh, but we all know him as Ralphie. In Iron Man 1. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's our favorite little boy from uh, A Christmas Story. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he did a couple movies. He did a after-school special with Vince Vaughn, and then they became best friends. Is that how it happened? Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, it, it's just the weird ways people meet and then become lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. All right, so directed by John Favreau, starring Will Ferrell, who this is his second movie that he played a lead in. Yes. But he hadn't played a lead when he was cast in this movie. No. We'll get to that. Um, James Sonny Corleone Khan, <laughs> uh, Bob Newhart, Zoe Deschanel, Ed Asner, and Mary Steenburgen. Um, your your boss's best friend. <laughs> they do know each other, yes. <laughs> All right. We we learn a little bit about elf culture at the beginning of this movie. I, there was a word at the beginning that that really made me laugh, and it was elfisms. Yeah, elfisms. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there's some things you need to know about elves. Um, they only can get a couple kind of jobs. Three jobs. Yeah. Making shoes for sleepy cobblers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, baking cookies in a tree. Which is kind of dangerous during the dry season. Yes, it is. Especially in California. Yeah. Uh, and a toy builder for Santa. And that's like the top tier job. Yeah. And the reason why they, they're really good at making toys is because, uh, gnomes drink too much. And uh, trolls aren't toilet trained. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, it was I like very weird. I too. like this movie because um, <laughs> back in the seventies, when I was growing up, every winter we'd see Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Uh, it was done by Rankin Bass Productions, and it's a guy named Rankin and a guy named Bass, and uh, they made these stop motion cartoons. The, the abominable snowman scared the poop out of me, uh, <laughs> back then. And I was always like, here it comes. Here comes that part. And you hear that thing howling in the, in the, uh, in the mountains. And I'm like, Oh no, I don't know if I could do it this time. <laughs> and then I do it. Uh, I couldn't stand those as a child. They're still, I just couldn't do it. they're still my favorites and they still hold up, I think. Yeah. But the same goes with the writer of this movie. He was a Jewish kid. Uh, and he loved Rankin Bass Productions, and he wrote Elf as a spec script. A spec script is a script that has no ties to any production mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. um, it's not optioned. It's not anything. It's just a script somebody writes and thinks they can sell to Hollywood. And he got rejected, 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 until New Line Cinema picked him up. Which was surprising, because New Line hadn't really done Christmas. No, not 
No, not really. No. Um, they were mostly, you know, Friday the 13th kind of movies. and Mostly mostly Freddy movies. I don't think New Line owned the rights to uh, Jason Voorhees. Oh. That was more of a universal thing, I think. Paramount mm. Universal. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, New Line Cinema did ho- uh, low-budget horror movies. Mm-hmm. And then they picked up Elf. So, uh, we go to this, what is it, orphanage? Yes. Um, and Buddy's not an orphan, but he he, he was dropped off. His his he, dad doesn't was, know that the woman got pregnant and the woman She gave, gave him, him up a, for uh, adoption. And so, the nun puts him to bed. She's really sweet. Calls yeah. him my angel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Now, years later, that nun would beat the crap out of him. No. It's just the way those nuns are. No, he wouldn't because because uh she wouldn't because uh of the events that unfold. Well, yeah, but if she the might have beat the happen, kid next to him though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Santa arrives and uh Buddy's awake and sees a toy in the bag. He wants that teddy bear real bad. And so yeah, he goes after that teddy bear and then Santa just goes home with Buddy. Yep. And when they discover him, it's not, oh, we should take him back. I know everybody in the world exactly. by heart. <laughs> uh, it was, well, I guess we got to keep him now. Okay. So there's several things here that, that as a thinker. Yeah. A, that wasn't his last stop of the night, was it? Of course it was. You stop at an orphanage last. There's a lot of orphanages. You stop he would have okay if he last. had other places to go, he would have reached into that toy sack and had an opportunity to find the kit there. Unless it's a bag of holding. And then, when he gets back to the toy shop, he still has presents in there. Yeah, Santa has a very extensive list of who's getting presents, and they're all named and numbered. He wouldn't have presents left. That's just. Hey. Terrible. I don't care. <laughs> um, no, it's just something that bothered me when I saw there were still presents in the bag. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, Peter Billingsley is like the, uh, the he's foreman. He's the manager, yeah. <laughs> of, of this factory. And he's, he, I, I don't remember his name. I think it's like Meep Meep or something dumb. It's something dumb, yeah. Uh, uh, but he's in this movie. Um, but anyway, uh, Bob Newhart's character, Papa Elf, mm-hmm. uh, adopts Buddy. Yes. And he raises it like his own, except elves are about three feet tall <laughs> and Buddy grows to be, you know, almost triple their size. I loved how they filmed the force perspective. Exactly. In this film. Yeah. So they use very little CGI in this movie. Yeah. I think like the snow, um, Santa sleigh later. When yeah, it's flying. The, the reindeer. Yeah, that that's about it. And the uh, snowball fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's a lot they used a lot of practical effects and, and forced perspective. They they have a, a show on Netflix. It's called The Holiday Movies That Made Us. There's only two holiday movies on there for some reason. Uh, one is Elf and the other one is The Nightmare Before Christmas. You should watch it after this podcast. Yeah, watch it after this podcast. And uh, what they show is like... They show Will Ferrell sitting on the legs of a child, <laughs> and the child is laying all the way back, and you see Bob Newhart's head poking up 
you know, poking from behind. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's at least like five feet behind them. Yeah, he's he's further back. Um, the uh, the tree in the uh, elf scene mm-hmm. uh, where the elves are running out of the burning tree. That's also forced perspective. Forced perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual tree part was about seven feet back. And then the uh, the the leaves and the and the branches were all in the foreground. Oh, okay. So it's kind of interesting how they did that. And there's like a scene where Buddy's riding a, a tricycle. Yeah. And there's children a children's hands on Buddy's mm-hmm. shoulders, and he's hiding behind Buddy while Bob Newhart is sitting about three four feet back, just smiling his butt off, like mm-hmm. looking at looking out. So yeah, that's that's kind of interesting stuff. Um. But Buddy's not having a good time because he's not good at building he's toys. He's not a good elf. He, he bumps tries. into stuff. Yeah. Um, but he's real good at changing the batteries in the smoke detector. Yeah, yeah he's good at that. And uh, So know. so he's making Etch-a-Sketches, and he tells uh, Meet Me that he's going to be a little behind our quota. And he's like, well, how many did you make? He, he said 85. And all of the other elves, like, gasp. Yeah. And, like, oh, he's going to get beaten. No, and and then didn't they say he was like 900 under quota? Yeah. And I was uh, like, 915. Dude, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, you make a thousand a day. That's crazy. That's not that crazy. Um, so he becomes a toy tester and sees a little jack in the boxes. So it's playing uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. And when the thing pops up, he like flinches or jumps. And the last one, John Favreau had a remote control for, and he waited a little longer than usual, mm-hmm. and he got a genuine reaction out of uh, Will Ferrell yeah. uh, in that in that scene. Um, but also, Bob Newhart, Papa Elf, wants him to help him build, you know, or work on Santa's sleigh that mm-hmm. has it's it's powered by belief, right? Um, as most gods are, mm-hmm. like. Your God is only as strong as the belief in that God. Uh-huh. You know, like American gods. Yeah, I know. That's the way stories go. Yeah. Mythology. Yeah. Um, yeah, American gods is huge on that, that yeah. theory. And so people aren't believing in Santa as much as they used to. And and he's like, well, what do people believe? How do people think they get the presents under their uh, tree? And he goes, if you believe it or not, uh, they think their parents do it. He goes, like like parents can go to every kid's house and put uh, presents under the tree. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they would do it individually. It's not, <laughs> it's not just parents just go out to the world and travel all over and put presents under the no, tree. No, it's, it's funny, though. Um, they really... They really emphasize believing in Santa. Yes. Which is sweet. And then we learn Buddy's backstory a little bit after the elf. He overhears the elves talking about him, you know, Mm -hmm. how he's clumsy and big. And they're like, if he hasn't figured out by now, he's not an elf. Yeah. (laughs) His whole world spins. Now, in the original script, they were going to be a lot meaner to him. Really? Yeah. And, uh, And Favreau thought that that didn't work for the narrative where he's super optimistic when he gets to New York. Yeah. So he made the elves a lot nicer. Well, that's I feel then, like the elves would have been nicer yeah, to him. Even in anyway. a nice way, like even when they were talking about him, they were still nice about it. Exactly. So it was weird, but he gets yeah, he gets a little upset and he goes to his tiny little toilet and cries. 
It's the most ridiculous thing. It's yeah. like they could have made a bigger environment for him. Yeah. They could they could build anything, obviously. Right. Um we learned Buddy's backstory. His dad is a guy named Walter Hobbs and his mother, I forget her name. Um, but the mother died of cancer. But the I think father it was Susan. Okay, and, and the father still li- is alive, and he mm-hmm. lives in New York with mm-hmm. his son and wife, um, and he works out of the Empire State Building. Um, we learn later he's a publisher or a children's book author. He's not the he's author. He's not the author. He's more of... He, Publishing. I, I guess he would be the publisher, but yeah, he's in charge. He works for the publishing company. Yeah. And he's not very good at his job because he let a book go out that ha- didn't have the last two pages yeah. in it. We also find out he's on the naughty list. Yeah, which really hurts Buddy. Yeah. So Buddy goes out and talks to the snowman. Leon. Leon, uh, who is Leon Redbone, by the way. Oh, okay. The, uh, the singer. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. monster. That guy. <laughs> he's got that kind of a voice mm-hmm. where it's like... Murder, but uh we so while we're while we're talking about the environment here Leon is a snowman. Yeah. And uh there's stop motion here. Mm-hmm. And there's a puffin and yes. a bear. There's the bear cute is, little animals. The bear is uh voiced by Ray Harryhausen, the uh stop motion animator for uh Clash of the Titans and uh Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, okay. Um I don't know who the puffin or the uh other one is. Mm-mm. But I really like the environment and how it does feel like a Rankin Bass. I mean, they took a lot of liberties. Oh yeah, and almost they had almost legal trouble copyrighted. You know, infringed copyright laws with the costumes and the stop motion in its right own right. Even the sn- the snowman looks exactly exactly like yeah the snowman from the other one. The other the other snowman from the original Frosty the Snowman was played by Burl Ives, and he was a singer mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting. Yeah, apparently they had talked to legal about it and thought that everything had been cleared up, and they were more than halfway through with the movie and found out that everything wasn't cleared up. So luckily it did get cleared up, because Buddy could be wearing a purple and blue elf suit, (laughs) and it doesn't look right. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) he decides he's going to leave and go to Manhattan. He wants to meet his dad. So he says goodbye to all his snow buddy friends and takes his snow globe as his map yep and he jumps onto a uh a slab of ice it breaks off and he starts floating away and a narwhal comes up and all the other animals are terrified of the narwhal and the narwhal goes bye buddy (laughs) and that was voiced by jean favreau (laughs) um one of three cameos he makes in this movie yeah so, so by the time he makes landfall, his big square of ice yeah. is a tiny square just, where all, just, just for, for only his, his feet. feet. Yeah, and he jumps off and he walks into the candy cane forest. It doesn't look like a candy cane forest, though. But it's a bunch of candy canes, giant candy canes. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was just in a forest. No. Originally, it's like these giant candy canes. He walks through. We don't see the swirly, twirly gun. No, drops. we don't. Uh, but, but he said, he swears he passed those and then he walked through the Lincoln tunnel. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that's how quickly you can trans, trans, whatever I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, 
But yeah, he meets a raccoon. Yes. And he wants to give it a hug. Well, he he thinks all animals are nice and talk. Yeah. This one's not interested in hugging no, him. No, no. It, it chatters. And that chatter is John Favreau. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's saying back off. And that's his second cameo in the movie. So he there there's a fun story about him when he goes through the Lincoln Tunnel. Yes. The gorilla style of filmmaking was all they, over this they movie. filmed um what was it sweet sweetback's badass song gorilla style in new york and uh it was it's just uh, filming without a permit well yeah we've is. talked it we've talked about another movie uh, uh dolmite well not just that but uh um uh, angel angel yeah yeah, so you can really freak people out. It's dangerous. Yeah, so <laughs> he's actually in the actual Lincoln Tunnel, and people were uh, were crashing into each other yeah. trying to see this tall, weird guy in just, an elf costume. Yeah, hugging the wall of the Lincoln Tunnel, looking terrified and trying to get through. Yeah, and the Lincoln Tunnel. I don't know how long it is, but it. it I don't know if it's ventilated well. I mean, it's I'm sure long... he didn't go the entire length. Maybe not. That would just be silly, especially for just a short amount of time. I'd have made him do it. You're mean. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's like a montage of him wandering the streets at some point. He kind of does like a Mary Tyler Moore kind of shot, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was one where he's walking down the street. and that, I can't remember what that one references. Um, Like, like Midnight Cowboy? Oh, no, 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 no. Tootsie. Oh, yeah. Tootsie. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, um, he he ran up to a guy that was wearing all red and goes Santa, 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 and the guy turns around and goes, "Oh, you're not Santa," and he runs <laughs> off. That guy didn't know he was being filmed. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he'd walk past these guys handing flyers. He'd go, "Thank you, thank you," and eventually they got annoyed with him and like pushed him away. Yeah, um, I can't believe it took as long as it did. Me either. Oh, he when he sees the coffee shop that says the world's best coffee. Yes. Uh, he goes inside and he's like, congratulations. And they're just all Middle Eastern guys looking at him like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, world's best coffee. You guys did it. You guys, you guys did your job. Good job, guys. And he walks out. So he finally makes his way to the Empire State Building. Yep. And uh, all right, let's talk about all the interior shots. Yes. Um, all the interior shots were filmed at one location. Mm-hmm. So Gimbel's, the uh, the the office, the, the apartment, the, the jail, orphanage. Uh, the orphanage, the mailroom. They were all filmed in the same building, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, insane asylum, an old abandoned insane asylum in um, in New York. Also, people were freaked out by that, by the way. People oh. didn't want to sleep in that place. I believe it. Um, but the second part is. Uh, that building was also used for Jason versus Freddy. Mm-hmm. So there's two movies in that insane asylum. <laughs> but they did a really good job with all the interior shots. Oh yeah, even even uh, Walter's apartment is done here. Yeah, and it looks like a regular apartment. It does. I mean, they did a very good job of set design. Right. So anyway, he goes up there and he goes, "I'm here to see uh, Walter Hobbs." Um, and she thinks that he's a uh, like a candy gram, an, 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 yeah, a yeah. candy gram or some sort of uh, singing telegram. And this is Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris, and she plays Deborah. Yeah, and Amy Sedaris is recently in uh, The Mandalorian. 
Yes. She plays a uh, tattooing uh, mechanic. Like mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people know her from Strangers with Candy. Bojack Horseman. Uh, Bojack Horseman. She's uh, Princess Kitty. Princess Caroline. Princess Caroline. <laughs> and um, and then she's also in a uh, true TV show where she does a weird cooking show, and it was mm-hmm. way too weird for me to watch. As much as I love her, I, I couldn't watch it either. <laughs> I mean, she got murdery at one point. She yeah, like, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. But she's fun. Oh, uh, yeah. And her brother is a famous writer. David Sedaris mm-hmm. is a famous writer that wrote short story after short story about his life. Like, one of my favorite things is that uh, his par- they lived in Tennessee, and his parents didn't want them to uh, act like hillbillies. So he they banned Mountain Dew from their home. Because hillbillies drink Mountain Dew. And so they, you know, when you when you take something away from a child and don't give an explanation or they, you say it's too dangerous, they're going to freaking do oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, so he drank Mountain Dew oh, every yeah. chance he got, huh? And anytime he finds some money, he'd go and buy a Mountain Dew and just guzzle it down and be like, <laughs> ah, screw you, mom. You know, stuff like that. So I understand that. Yeah. So Buddy finally meets his dad. And James Caan uh, is... Walter Hobbs, and he's very much Sonny Corleone if Sonny Corleone was PG. Yeah. Um, yeah. He runs this business. He cuts corners. Like, they're talking about uh, this book, and uh, it's it's missing the last two pages. Yeah. And he just signs off on it. He goes, I'm not eating $30,000 so a kid can figure out the ending of a dumb book. <laughs> And he says the book's not even that good. Yeah. Yeah, even even his boss said the book was going to be garbage anyway. Yeah. Um, but you look around and you see these posters and one was like, onion? Question mark. Uh-huh. Uh, later on in the, in, the, in the story, or in the movie, uh, he's reading a book called Pig Alien. Pygmalion. Pygmalion. Mm-hmm. And that's an actual opera. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a pig alien kind of oh, hybrid thing. Oh, I wondered why you asked, like, you, you questioned that. It didn't make lo- sense to me. So oh. I looked it up uh, later and I was like, oh, it's an, it's an opera. They just made a children's book out of it somehow. Yeah, which never made sense. Okay. Uh, and so he meets his dad and his dad's like, okay, let's get it over with. And he's like, uh, what? He goes, usually you guys sing a number, right? And he's like, Oh, okay. So he sings this song. <laughs> it's like, you're my dad. <laughs> and I love you. I love you. I love you. And, and people are around are like cluing in. Yeah, they're and like, he's what not. the heck? And so he mentions the mother. Yes. And that kind of like rings a bell there. But he thinks he's certifiable. So he kicks him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and one of the guards is uh, Will Ferrell's brother that yes. throw him out. And he's the one that says... Go back to Gimbel's. Yes. So he goes across the street. Right. So Gimbel's is um, a nod to another Christmas movie called Miracle on 34th Street, mm-hmm. um, where Macy's and Gimbel's were kind of in a feud at the time. They wanted to use Macy's originally for the for this movie, but Macy's wanted uh, had weird demands. So they were like, nah, we'll just use Gimbel's. Well, Gimbel's didn't exist anymore. Gimbals went out of business years before this. So they created a Gimbals Mm -hmm. in 2003, which I guess people 
from New York who remembered Gimbel's uh, fell in love with this movie immediately. Oh, really? Yeah, because Gimbel's, Gimbel's was Christmas to them. So he goes into Gimbel's and he finds this lingerie. Yeah, and it's just for that for... special summer. Yes. <laughs> so he's looking at that. And uh, the funny thing is, is because the writer uh, worked at a lingerie factory. Yes. He said, uh, I know more about spaghetti straps than the average woman. Mm-hmm. Just like you know more about mascara. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get our uh, shot of Wanda. Yes. <laughs> Wanda is played by Faison Love. Mm-hmm. He was Big Worm in Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a good friend of John Favreau for many, many years. I don't know if he ever made it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I don't feel like I've seen him. But he had weird philosophies. I remember uh, on Dinner for Five, he said that uh, black people already lived in America. And and John was like, what are you talking about? Like he, before sla- uh, they brought slaves over? Yeah. He goes, oh. he goes, where's all the slave boats? What? Yeah. He's like, where's all the slave boats? There's got to be one somewhere and there isn't any anywhere. So that's how I know uh, slaves weren't brought here from Africa. And I was thinking, and I was oh, like... Oh, he thought that they were already here yeah. and enslaved. Oh. Not, not even enslaved. They oh. lived here. He, I'm confused. He thought black people lived right, in I America before yeah. uh, white people showed up. Uh-huh. That's, that was his philosophy. Yeah. I don't know if it's still his philosophy. But, but at the it time was it was. On that, on that one episode of Dinner for Five, and I was like, wow, he uh, he's a special kind of guy. You know... We, we've learned that, you know, different states teach different things, too. Yeah, they and sure who, do. who knows what he was taught in school. Yeah. So, he thinks Buddy is a, one of the workers. Yes, because he's dressed in his elf costume. Yeah. yeah. And he goes up there, and he, he, he holds a small him, yeah. meeting. And he, oh, yeah, he's like, are you mad at me? No. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I'm not <laughs> mad at you. Just get upstairs. <laughs> All right. So, they go upstairs. And uh, he's like, welcome to the North Pole. This isn't the North Pole. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Where's the snow? (laughs) And he goes, what what the heck? And uh, so they talk about how uh, Santa's coming. Santa's coming. And he freaks the hell out. Yeah. And then they have to get to work. Mm -hmm. And then he sees the most beautiful girl in the world for himself. Yep. Uh, Zoe Deschanel, who plays a girl named Jovi. Yes. Because she can't have a normal name in any movie. Apparently, it's supposed to be a play on jovial. I guess. It's a stretch. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she has a backstory that isn't explored at all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a singer, but she doesn't like to sing in public. Mm-hmm. And she's a uh, blonde she looks weird with blonde hair. She does. Yeah. I didn't recognize her in any other thing until you told me she was an elf. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's where I said, why does she have black hair? That's her natural hair color. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes no sense. <laughs> and her sister was on Bones or something, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Long time. And so she's decorating a, a tree and he's just staring up at her and she goes, are you enjoying the view? And he goes, this is the most beautiful tree I've ever seen in my life. She goes, they told you to mess with me, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, she's not very trustworthy of him at all. It's weird how he just accepts what is being told to him. Yeah. Like, you work here now. 
Yeah, he's like, all right, I work here. Yeah. But very similar to elf culture. Exactly. I was going to say, if he thinks they're really like elves, you know. Yeah. That makes sense to him. So the reason that the manager's name tag is Wanda is funny. Yes. And it's because Wanda Sykes was supposed to be in this role. Yeah, Wanda Sykes was supposed to be Wanda in this movie. They already made the name tag. And for some reason, she had she wasn't able to do the movie or she might have backed out, you know, cold feet. A lot of people do who do Christmas movies, they're taking a risk for the rest of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to be typecast as some saccharine, lovey, dumb yeah. person. They want to be, you know, they want to be able to do that range. Mm-hmm. And if you do a Christmas movie and a billion eyes see you as one thing, you become that one thing. So they close up the gimbals, but Buddy stays. He hides. Yeah. It's hysterical. And then he decides he's going to decorate the North Pole. Well, yeah. I mean, Santa's coming. So he's using light brights. Uh, he's really good with an etch-a-sketch. Yeah, etch-a-sketches. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Uh, paper. Oh, he, he snowflakes. makes paper everything. Um, Lego buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you name it, he probably did it. Candy cane somethings, gingerbread houses, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he went all out. Yeah. And it looks good. It does. So the next morning, he wakes up and he hears some singing. And it's uh, the lady parts of Baby It's Cold Outside. And so he goes into the women's locker room, <laughs> sits on the sink, and just sings along with her. Um, He's real soft at first. Yeah, and she's not aware of it until the end. Yeah, he gets louder. And she's like, get out, get out. And he covers his eyes and runs straight into the wall. (laughs) And she's like, later, she's like, why'd you you come to the bathroom? He goes, oh, I heard the singing. It was very beautiful. And she Mm -hmm. goes, you just didn't want to see me. You didn't want to just come in there and see me naked. And he goes, I didn't know you were going to be naked. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he, he said he decorated the place. She goes, you did this? They're really mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really pissed about this one. And he's like, really? Why? <laughs> Wanda's like, I just know corporate came in here. They're gunning for my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like this paranoid paranoid guy looking out for his own you know job. So Santa shows up. Santa shows up. <laughs> And and Buddy comes up next to Santa, and like these kid actors are hilarious in this movie. Yeah, because um, there's this little boy that's sitting on Santa's lap, and he's so soft spoken. He's like, Buddy's like, "You're not Santa," and he's like, "Yes, I am." No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You sit on a throne of lies. He he he's like, uh, "What song did I sing you uh, for your birthday?" And he's like, "Well, happy birthday, of course." And he he he's looks like, back. And he's like, "Oh darn, he got yeah. me on that one." <laughs> Good guess. And then he pulls off Santa's beard. But that little kid, he starts talking. He goes, "Don't tell him what you want for Christmas, little boy." Yeah, don't do it. He sits on a throne of lies or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, he pulls the beard off, and it's Artie Lang. Yes. Now Artie Lang. At this point, worked for the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked for Mad TV before that. He's yes. got lots of inner demons and troubles. Uh, recently, we saw him on a show called Crashing. Yeah, it was good. And uh, he couldn't do the next season because he was in jail because of heroin. Is that what happened? Yeah. I wondered. Um, Artie, Artie's just a heroin addict. 
Um, he's really fat though, and most heroin addicts are skinny. It's weird. Yeah, Chris yeah. Rock. When Chris Rock found out that he uh, he did heroin, he's or was addicted to heroin. He goes, "What the hell do you put in your heroin? Cookie dough." <laughs> Uh, he said that on the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. I was listening to that and it made me laugh so hard. But he he quit the Howard Stern show and he's been I think struggling ever since. I do too. Um. So, but that aside, this is a very funny scene where Buddy and Artie have to uh, have a fight, mm-hmm. and they destroy the North Pole. Yes, they do. They Kids had to are do this. Screaming. Yeah. <laughs> They had to do this in one take. Yeah, because they couldn't set all that back up. Right. Faison Love gets involved, or Wanda gets involved, and uh, eventually Buddy goes to jail. Yes. And he has one phone call, and who does he call? Well, Dad. His dad. Of course. Walter Hobbs. And he knew he'd come. He knew it. Even though they told him he was definitely not coming. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, Walter goes... Bails him out. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately takes him to this to see, kid doctor. Yeah, to see Dr. John Favreau. Yeah. Which I don't know if he had a real name. Yeah, I don't either. But uh. they get the fastest paternity test I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I was yeah. like, Maury should <clears throat> use him. <laughs> the funny thing is that uh, he, he keeps eating these cotton balls. Yeah. And he's like, don't eat those. Don't eat those. That's gross. And don't eat those. And you just pop them in his mouth. Yeah. like, And it's just, it. uh, it, it, they were made out of cotton candy. Um, and uh, it just wasn't colored cotton yeah. candy. So, Which is good. Yeah. And so I was like, you shouldn't show that. Kids might eat those. And he, <laughs> he pricks his finger and he freaks out. And James Caan did not expect it. No, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of times in this movie where especially the child actors, uh-huh. but sometimes the adults, when 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 Will Ferrell does something, they have to, like, stifle their laughter. Yeah. Especially the kid that plays Michael. Uh-huh. No matter what he's doing next to Will Ferrell, the kid almost breaks up mm-hmm. each time. Uh, but Favreau, like, oh, Buddy's talking to this little girl, and uh, it makes me kind of... Happy, I guess. Yeah, whatever. it's a it's a feel good scene. And uh, he goes, he goes, what do you want for Christmas? And she goes, Susie sits a lot or whatever. Something, yeah. And he goes, okay, I'll let Santa know. And later on, when when Michael's reading all the names from the list, mm-hmm. he uh, reads her name and what she wanted, and she goes, thanks, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really cute. He, he goes, my finger shouldn't have a pulse. Yes. <laughs> or no, no, he goes, I found out today my finger has a pulse. Yeah. And then he eats that cotton ball. Yeah. I'm like, ew. Well, you know. And she kind of, she does it too. I think she, she wasn't expecting it. She starts to laugh, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, he's, Favreau says, take him home. Let him meet the family. He's like, this guy's nuts. He thinks he's an elf. Well, oh, he thinks... Maybe he's repressed or exactly. whatever. He thinks that maybe if he accepts this and he, he takes him to meet the family, he will drop this elf charade. Yeah. And so he meets the family and they decide they're going to have spaghetti that night. Yeah. Okay. This guy's supposed to be rich. And they're eating cold spaghetti. Did it's you see like... cold, barely- Look at it. Well, it's probably cold because of it being it looks a set, disgusting. You have an issue with spaghetti anyway. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. 
No, I don't. <laughs> but no, uh, he he's like he he asks uh, Emily, which is Mary Steve Virgin, to pass the maple syrup, and she kind of looks at the. T- she looks like she's gonna do it, and then she goes, "Wait, you yeah. know." <laughs> it's like we don't have maple syrup for this is spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, and he talks about the four food groups, which is candy, uh, candy corns. Uh, some other kind of candy and maple syrup. Probably candy canes. Candy canes. <laughs> yeah. And maple syrup. Yeah. And then he, he searches in his coat pocket and he's got a small bottle of uh, maple syrup. Right. And which he, pours he promptly it. pours on that spaghetti. And that is disgusting. We find out through uh, behind the scenes and stuff like everything he dumps on this these spaghetti is he real. Eats it. And he eats it. Like the next morning he's he's putting marshmallows Chocolate and bars, chocolate bars and, uh, Skittles uh, of some sort. He or broke M&Ms. up uh, a bunch of um, pop tarts, pop tarts on it too, and just mixes it up, and he and starts. It, and it kind of makes me sick. It, it made him sick. It made him physically ill. Um, he he took a bite out of it, and he they had to do another take mm-hmm. later because he vomited that bite. Um, so he got one take where he did it, and he was like, and and for I guess for the amount of candy that he had to eat on this on this movie said uh he had trouble sleeping and his he yeah, had headaches, headaches. Mm-hmm. yeah eating that much candy is not good for you no uh but we go back to walter um and we find out that the publisher is losing money his boss is mad um he's mad about the dang uh the two pages the, the two pages yeah missing. his his niece or granddaughter was like wanted to know how the story ended and so they're going to be forced to reprint the book. Right. So they're losing money that way. Um, then we cut back to uh, Michael leaving school, and apparently he's a cool kid. He's cool enough for his little friend group. And he's too cool for and buddy. buddies across the street. <laughs> and you hear, Michael, Michael, it's me, your brother. <laughs> he's like, I don't know who that is. So Michael's trying to hightail it home. And, uh, and, and Buddy eventually catches up to him, and he's like, leave me alone, you weirdo, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Well, he, he said that he had been waiting for five hours yeah. for him, too. And I was like, holy crap. Uh, when you so, got nothing to do, you sit outside of school and wait for kids to show up. Um, no. <laughs> 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 so anyway, uh, they're walking through probably Central Park area. Uh, to get home, and they get bombarded by snowballs. Yeah, and this, and and Buddy's like, okay, we could take these kids. Uh huh. And he's like, there's too many of them. So while you're watching Michael make his small ones, you hear you hear yes, and it's Buddy making snowballs. Yeah, and he's got this whole big old armload of them, uh-huh. and 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 Michael's got like one. Yeah, and and so they it it. This is a really good indication of like pre Iron Man John Favreau right here, uh, an action scene that isn't bloody or crazy, mm-hmm. but it reminded me of action scenes that he shoots in his other movies uh, or even the television show The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where there's like a lot of tight shots on faces and facial expressions, or uh, even with the helmets of Iron Man and the non-expression, but you can see an expression somehow. Uh-huh. That kind of thing where Favreau just turns it and makes it a fun action scene. And that's what this was. Um, And it's one of the few scenes that showed CGI. Right. 
And he machine guns. He machine guns those. the crap out of yeah. all these kids. And then there's one straggler. <laughs> the kid's like 50 feet away by now. Way. Yeah. 50 yards yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like almost gone. And Buddy's like, watch this. And he throws it and hits that kid. And then he goes like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the kid falls down on his stomach. Um, so him and Michael are good friends. They go to Gimbal's. Yeah, they're jumping Where, on beds and yeah, yeah. And and he he goes, uh, they gave me a restraining order, and she's like, "You better get the heck out of here." Yeah, she he goes up to Jovi, and he ends up asking her out with Michael's help. Yeah, Michael helps him ask her out, and she says yes. Now she's only known this guy for what two days, and uh, their romance is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying, it takes a while to get a girl, but if you're a nutcase like him, and it she's sh- not a nutcase, yeah, it shouldn't have worked. She should be like, ah, I should keep my distance. This might be a toxic relationship. Instead, she's like, I can't wait to see him naked. And she's probably not thinking of that yet. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> so, Michael and Buddy go to work together. No. Yes, they Walter. do. And yeah, Buddy. I meant Walter. Yeah. So so Walter tries to convince Emily to stay home with Buddy. Yes. And she's like, I have a board meeting or something. Right. She can't do it. And he's like, well, I can't stay home with him. And it's like, well, why don't you just take him to work with you? Yeah. So we see Will Ferrell in normal clothes. Mm-hmm. Doppelganger of Walter. Exactly. And so when he comes in and and by Deborah, it's really cute. He stops and he's like, Hi. And she's like, Hi, I didn't recognize you. Yeah, you I'm know? in my work clothes. <laughs> it's so cute. I see that. <laughs> and then like he he says that she's very beautiful. Yeah. You got a very beautiful face. Yeah. Oh, you just made my afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. And he's sitting on this little tiny hippopotamus stool or something like that. Some yeah, something weird, silly. Uh, and he's sitting there and he's trying to read a book. And then he's he met a guy earlier named Fernando. Yes. And he's like, Fernando, Fernando, he's, Fernando. Yeah, well, he did say he could say it all day. So there's a really cute moment here between him and Walter. And he, he asks his dad why his name is on the desk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I bought the desk and uh, I don't want anybody to steal it. And, and he goes, that's a joke, isn't it? And, like, yep. and James Conn cracks a smile, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, this was almost entirely cut from the uh, movie. Really? Yeah. Um, it didn't test well with the uh, small business audience. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The yeah. studio, the studio uh, had friends and family over and watched the movie in its uncut form. And that part tested the worst. But John Favreau was like, if this isn't in it, then the rest of the movie won't make sense between their, them as a, uh, an, a couple, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a, a father son. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a distant relationship that somehow gets tighter for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. You need this interaction. So, so it's not even, it's not even this part of the movie, but later, he gets sent down to the mailroom. He meets this 26-year-old dude. Um, <laughs> There's a great story behind that, too. <laughs> yeah, he. this guy is a character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. I looked him up. He's very, very familiar looking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He's but he's been in like like bad guy characters, b- bikers, truck drivers, yeah. you know, you name it. He, he's been he's been a bad guy in a lot of movies. And he's, he's been, clearly not 26. Yeah, he's literally in his 40s in this movie. Yeah. But he goes, he goes, I'm 26 years old, man, and I don't have any direction or something like Which that. Which is hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I used to make a joke about a guy I worked with up, up in Ohio. He looked about 86. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, I, and we'd get new people come in. Oh, yeah. And I go, can you believe that? That guy's only 28 years old. <laughs> and they all look at me like, what the heck? I go, hard living, dude. <laughs> hard living. He's like 60. Yeah. Uh, he so, did live hard, though. Yeah. And then we meet uh, Kyle Gass and Andy Richter. Yes. They are the writers. Yeah, they are writers. And apparently they are obsessed with farm fruits. Vegetables. Or vegetables. Yeah. Well, he mentions a peach at some Yeah, point he does, too. but... He, he, they just don't get off of food items. Yeah, it's like... It's like, uh... What is it? A, a, a tomato... Yes. Trying to make his way from the country to the city. Yeah. So know? so the big pitch, they, they've got to have a new pitch. Yeah, and they need this guy. And so the writer's pitch is to bring in another writer. Yeah. Which is a clear sign that you no longer can do your job. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's Kyle Gass from Tenacious D and uh, Andy Richter from The Conan O'Brien Show. Mm-hmm. At this point, Andy Richter had left New York, and that's why he wasn't on the Conan O'Brien show to become an actor. Yeah, he was doing that TV show, uh, Quintuplets or something. Well, he did that one. He did the one where it was like his brain inside his brain or something like that. Ooh, I don't remember that one. <sighs> I barely remember it. He did. Uh, he did the Cabin Boy. Oh God, yeah! <laughs> and then he would just show up in, as cameos in various mm-hmm. movies. Conan O'Brien eventually moved to California when he was going to do the Tonight Show, yeah, and brought Andy Richter back on. And Andy Richter is still on the 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 Conan O'Brien show to this day. Is he? Yeah, I never watch it. I don't either. We don't have TBS. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I know it because whenever I watch clips on YouTube, I see Andy Richter. Oh, there. okay. Uh. So yeah, um, so they want to bring in a ringer. Yeah, this guy Miles Finch. He he's like really good at children's books, right? Um, but Buddy is uh, distracting at this point uh, because they got drunk down in the mailroom. Yes, and now he's Russian dancing on a table. So so yeah, they're on a phone call with him. He's very demanding. He yeah. like wants a, a certain kind of vehicle. It's and- it's it's called a writer. Yeah. Um, when I had to help somebody with uh, getting bands to this concert, I saw some writers, and one of them was they wanted fresh fruits, um, and uh, and a certain kind of yogurt. Mm-hmm. One one person wanted lemongrass juice, and we were like, I don't I don't know how to get lemongrass juice. Not in a little town that you were in at that time. Uh-huh. And I was so, like, oh, what do we do if we don't have the lemongrass juice? Does he just not come? <laughs> Does he not perform? He wanted an all-white cotton bathrobe. That's funny. So I've I listened to someone recently who is famous, and they said that sometimes they put the most ridiculous things on these writers because... They want to make sure that the venue is reading 
whatever they need. Yes. Because if they don't pay attention to that, what else did they not pay attention? Is it, is it unsafe for them to be there? Right. And that's uh, what I think Eddie Van Halen, they put um, only brown M&Ms. Yeah. As like one of their middle ones, mm-hmm. uh, just to see if they had read the whole thing. Um, Jennifer Lopez. Hers is. She wants Tiffany diamonds. Yeah. Hers is I mean, silly. She's a goofy woman, but. Yeah. There's, there's reasonable, silly, and then outlandish. Yes. All right. So the mailroom thing happens. You got to see it to believe it. It's just funny. It's stuff. very funny. And then, uh, Buddy and Jovi go on their date. And so he really only knows three spots. Yes. He knows the spot where he likes to run around the turnstile, yes. uh, the, the, the revolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, the best cup of coffee. Best cup of coffee. Yeah, he blindfolds her and goes, taste this. And she's like, tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. He's like, wrong. It's the world's best cup of coffee. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then they, uh, they're, they're running down the street, you know, it's nighttime, and he takes her to look at Christmas trees. Yes. And so she's like, well, if you really like this. Yeah, he's like, look at that one. That one's huge. Yeah. They, I, I like that they one. They go to Rockefeller. And then they go, yeah, they go to Rockefeller Plaza, and they see the Christmas tree. Uh-huh. Um, every year they boat in this ridiculous tree, and they decorate it. This year's tree, somehow, they managed to make it look decent. Because it was the most Charlie Brown tree I've ever seen put up in Rockefeller. Really? Oh, like the whole. I haven't looked at it. The whole one side, it was basically bare. Oh wow! I I could not believe that that was the tree that they put up. I was like, that is the most twenty twenty tree I have ever seen. Oh my gosh! It was terrible. Right. But I saw pictures recently, and I was like, they they must have added like fake limbs, yeah. to put in some filler because it it looks. It looks bright. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, yeah, and and then they go ice skating. And, yes, and then they uh, kiss. So, in the grand scheme of relationships, this was fast. It was fast, and not knowing his real background, he does seem like he has a mental issue. Yes, and as a grown woman. This would not be an appropriate relationship for her. Right. So Walter's in a meeting now. <laughs> and uh, he's got Miles. Miles Finch. Yes. And this is the first time I think, first movie I watched that had Peter Dinklage in it. Yes. In a speaking role, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of any other movie before this. I could look it up, but I'm lazy. <laughs> um but Peter Dinklage was in a movie called The Station Agent, which I enjoyed, um, and various other films until he became uh, Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. And then he his in, world in, blew up. Yeah, in yeah. Game of Thrones. And so, like, his stock is pretty high now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still am holding out for him to play MODOK in the live-action MCU. That would be fun, actually. Um, but he did – he already played uh, somebody in uh, – X-Men First Class. Yes, he was Trask. Yeah. And even though he's got a disadvantage with being a dwarf, you know, dwarfism, mm-hmm. uh, he still gets good roles because he's a good actor. He Well, he also, in the spectrum of dwarfism, he did good, 
get the good genes. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's very attractive face, mm-hmm. you know, and he is wickedly great at being an actor. Oh, yeah. So yeah, definitely. He is what you would want yeah. in, in your movie. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's got these ideas, but... Every time they're about to say a good idea, yeah, they somebody gets away. interrupted. Because nobody has a real good idea. No, no. Um, but he's like, picture this. And then Buddy, runs, Buddy in. runs in. He goes, I'm in love, Dad. I'm in love. And then he sees Miles. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I didn't know you had an elf over today. And, <laughs> and Miles is like, I get it, Buddy. I'm short. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. You know? And call, keeps calling him an elf until Miles Davis decides that he's just going to hop up on the table and drop kick the hell out yeah. of Will Ferrell. <laughs> and he does. So they call, get into a fight. Call me an elf one more time. Yeah. You're an elf. You're an angry elf. <laughs> <laughs> and so James Caan, Miles storms out. Yes. And, and James Caan, or uh, Walter, is like, not ruining happy. my life. Yeah. Get out of my life. Get out now. Go. Get like like a a uh, an animal you're setting free. Yeah. <laughs> Except he's really mad. So we find out that Buddy leaves a note on his etch sketch. Yep. And he's, he runs he's away. He's running away. And mm-hmm. there's a scene where he's on a bridge and it's snowing mm-hmm. and it looks very much like it's a wonderful life. Right. Um, Buddy's about to take the plunge. He's going to kill himself. It does look that way. Yeah. And then he hears something. And he sees yep. something. And it's Santa. It's Santa. And it's Santa crash landing. Yeah, Santa's in trouble. Crash landing in Central so, Park. So while that's happening, Michael goes and tells Walter that Buddy has ran away. Yeah. And Walter is in an important meeting with his boss. A very important meeting. It had to be done today. And if he left, he was going to get fired. Exactly. And he tells him, up yours. Yep. He says, up yours. And then the kid goes, yeah, up yours. And he goes, hey. And then they fist bump and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> so. What? But no, then they're they're going and they're looking for Buddy. And Michael sees something fl- fall out of the sky as well. Right. So uh, Buddy finds Santa and almost gets hit with a crowbar. Right. Because he landed in Central Park. Santa is the most down-to-earth person. He's like a New Yorker. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. like, he's like, back off, buddy. I'll, I'll cave your head in. He's like, whoa, what the heck? And he's like, oh, it's, it's Buddy. Hey, buddy. I'm so glad to see you. Yeah. Because Papa Elf taught had him. taught him how to work on his sleigh. Yep. Uh, he's down to zero, though. Yeah. The clausometer. Yeah. Yeah. It's zero cheer. But his... his uh, the engine was supposed to help him go. Right. But it got damaged. So So some of the funnier funnier things happen here. Uh Michael and and uh Walter find the engine. Uh then they find Buddy and Santa. Mm-hmm. And but the Central Park Rangers show up. Yes. And they're like the the four, the four horsemen. horsemen. Yeah. Um a lot of people equate them to the uh white riders or whatever they are in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, the wraiths. The wraiths. Uh-huh. Uh, but I equated them to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's four of them. Yeah. And you never see their faces. They're mm-hmm. all silhouetted up. Yeah. And they're dark. They're scary. Yeah. They're on the naughty list, we find out. Yeah, we find out that they were on the naughty <laughs> list and they never recovered. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, there's a news crew. Yeah, there's a news crew. 
this lady's first ever story, apparently. Yes. And it's very misogynistic how the anchor is talking down to her. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's trying it's a to fluff re- piece. She's trying to report what's going on in Central Park and they're like, ha, ha, Santa Claus, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, things like that. Well, she's also not very um she's very joking about it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Who else wouldn't be? Yeah. Um but she's kind of demeaning it almost. Yeah. Mary Steenburgen is out looking for her son. Well, no. So so Jovi is watching the news and uh Emily is watching the news and Walter and and Buddy and Michael all devised this plan to help Santa get Christmas cheer. Right. So Michael takes off with Santa's book. Yep. And goes uh, Walter's to the, wearing Santa's coat. Yes. Does not fool Santa. It doesn't Park fool them at all. at all. Like they're like, we know it ain't you. Yeah. And uh Buddy is trying to get the engine yeah. done. Um but but Jovi and Jovi sees this Bigfoot style photo of yeah. Buddy on the news and takes off and comes. It's like down there. it's like the famous uh, guy on the horseback that filmed a, a Bigfoot. Yeah. In the California woods or wherever it was, Colorado. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, and then the horse freaks out and runs away, but you see the 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 swinging arms. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And then uh, Emily sees Michael with the book on the news, and that's when she comes down. Oh, that's down. right. So there's a lot of moving parts here yeah at the towards the end yeah um but santa ends up taking off before the engine's ready and so buddy is helping fix it from inside the sleigh yes (laughs) so they get it working and michael gets a little bit of cheer going and they take off but then they hit this angel wing of a statue Mm -hmm. which makes the engine fall off right so um Everything looks like it's dire, like Santa's not going to make it, you know. And then Jovi stands up and starts singing because Buddy said, what was it? The the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud so all can hear. Right. And so she starts singing, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yes. And so other people start singing it. Emily people, starts, yeah, yeah. People start singing it on, you know, watching television. Yes. The little girl starts singing mm-hmm. it from the hospital. Um. And uh, eventually, Michael shows up and finds Emily. Uh, and Emily says, "You gotta sing. You're not singing. You're just mouthing that's the words." Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and so he starts singing, and then Santa takes off. And yeah, right over his head. Good. Yeah, yeah. There was also a scene where Michael reads, you know, people's yes. Christmas lists. The biker bar one. Was the biker funny. bar one was funny, and the one with uh, the the reporter. Yes, was pretty funny yeah. too. Yeah, um, so, like she wants a, a engagement ring, and for her boyfriend to like stop dragging his feet. Yeah, she's like, "Who told you to say that?" <laughs> so Santa flies away, and not Buddy caught saved, on camera. Nope, and Buddy saved the day. Mm-hmm. The next scene we see. Uh, Walter's playing the piano. Jovi's singing. Mm-hmm. Um, this came. This scene came about when there was a piano on set, and and during off times, uh, James Con would go and sit and yeah, tinker it, with the piano. It wasn't and play it, it. It wasn't a um, scripted scene. No, for that part. Well, no, that part was. Scripted. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, but off camera, 
Favreau found out that James Conn could play Christmas oh, songs. Okay. So he's like, why don't we do this as the end of the movie? And he's uh-huh. like, all right. Yeah. So they did that. And then you find out that uh, Buddy and Walter have started their own publisher. Mm-hmm. And they wrote a book called Elf. Yep. And, and it's Buddy's story. Yep. And he he's he's uh, reading the story in costume. Yeah. You know, and then uh, you still get some Bob Newhart narration. Narration, yeah. And they go back up to the North Pole, and Buddy and Joby have have a child, mm-hmm. and I believe that's John Favreau's son. Yeah, I think that's what it was. John Favreau's son is in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, he might have been young, the young Buddy too. At one point. So that's that's basically the end of the movie. Um, oh wait, everybody's yeah, happy. that's what it was. He was he was one of Buddy, uh, Buddy's growing stages. Yeah, because they had a daughter. Um, so that's basically the end of the movie. Um, we get credits and all that's great. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite parts was the kid that played Michael. He hasn't been in much. He's done cartoons and voiceover work. Uh, but every time he was in a scene with Will Ferrell, it looked like he did everything he could to keep his composure mm-hmm. during the thing. It's like there's a scene where they have to put the star on the... Yes. On the Christmas tree. And Buddy's like, oh, I can do this. And he's got his back turned to Buddy. Mm-hmm. but you He's can unwrapping see, something, yeah. You can see him starting to laugh because he knows what's going to happen. I don't know how many takes this is in. It had to be a lot. Uh, but somebody, uh, the stuntman runs from the side, uh-huh. from behind, and jumps onto the Christmas tree and knocks the whole tree over. And he's just like... <laughs> Trying to play it straight, it's just impossible. Um, when this movie came out, James Kahn did the Howard Stern show, and uh, he called uh, Will Ferrell boring. He's like, he's not funny. He's he's boring. He's you think he's going to be a funny guy? He's just not a funny guy. He uh, he does his stuff on the on t- on the camera, and then he won't you know go out for drinks. You know, and <laughs> you find out that James Kahn. He was only half joking on this. Uh-huh. Um, he 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 wanted to be friends with Will Ferrell. Oh. Uh, for this movie. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell was okay with that, but um he didn't want to go out for drinks. And so he every time uh they'd do a scene together, after the scene was over, he goes, That was real boring. You're real boring. <laughs> he was nagging him. Yeah. <laughs> uh Will Ferrell apparently is kind of like a straight-laced man. Yeah. And then um, James Conn, there's another weird story about James Conn. He he didn't want the script to say elf on it because he was going to read this in public places. Oh. So he had it say elk. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. That's weird. Uh, he had at this point, I think he was doing that Las Vegas show as well, too. Oh, he might have been. I I think it's around this time. So during the process of this movie being made, Old School came out. Yes. Which put the movie in jeopardy. A little bit. Yes. Um, because of New Line's people in charge. Yeah, they thought that if a rated R person did a rated PG movie. The rated R people wouldn't want to watch the rated PG movie. And and uh, that's just silly. They couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, their first test screening of this, 
they kicked John Favreau out and did their own edit. And a lot yeah. of the people wouldn't edit the way they wanted them to. Right. But they edited out scenes that just didn't make sense. Right. So they eventually had to bring him back in. So, yeah, that's the movie. Um, it's yeah. one of our favorites. Yeah, yeah. I liked it immediately. Yeah. And I have a I have a slight issue with Will Ferrell movies. Usually I'm a one and done. Yeah, I am too. I like old school probably more than most people it's do. It's because he's not the star. No. Um, I will say, though, Anchorman... Anchorman, Anchorman is probably my favorite one that I can watch. Yeah, more Anchorman than once. was great. Uh, I don't know Zoolander. I mean, he's funny. He that. wasn't the star of that though. So, what do you think the budget for this movie was? I remember hearing something about thirty million. Yeah, thirty-three million dollars. That it's, seems kind of low, honestly. It's opening weekend uh, domestic was thirty-two million one hundred. Wow. So it almost made its money back on the first weekend. Uh, the domestic gross was 176,400 or $176,490,408. So it made, uh, you know, it made some money. A lot of its money back, or all this money back. And it's now and become more. a classic holiday movie that everyone sees. Yeah. I can't believe this movie is as old as it is, is as old as it is. Yeah, me either. Uh, the worldwide gross for this movie was two hundred and twenty-three million six hundred seventy-six thousand three hundred seventy-four dollars. Wow! So that's quite a bit of money. That's that's kind of like a big uh, middle finger to the New Line yeah. execs. Will Ferrell was offered twenty-nine million dollars to reprise his role as Buddy in an Elf sequel. He turned it down because the script was dumb. Really? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. He didn't want to do this movie because or. Uh, Elf 2 because it um, it would make it look like he was just in it for the money. That makes sense. Unlike, you know, Anchorman 2 where he, he was doing artistic expression. <sighs> yeah, Anchorman 2 was not good. No. So anyway, if you like this podcast, come follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Funtime Movie Hour. We're also on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies 1. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. You can find us on all streaming platforms or podcasting platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Including Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the like. Like us. Subscribe to us. Share us. Find us. And that's all I got to say. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.